righty. Welcome back to the show, where as day turns tonight, we delve into all manners of topics, strange and unknown. I'm Slap, and there's DK. Behind the scenes is Shy, of course, and this is 99.9 FM, Unidentified Signal. Now, last show, last episode, we talked, and DK told us the story. Mm-hmm. This That's show, Demon Core. about the Demon Core, I'm going to tell the story today. Ooh, exciting. So, let me ask you this question. DK, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. have you ever heard about the mysterious disappearance of the Angola Boeing 727? Mm, Nope. I didn't even know what an Angola was. I know what a Boeing 7, what did you say, 747? (laughs) 27. 727. Okay, I vaguely know what a 727 is. Uh, But no, never heard of an Angola 747 disappearing. Okay, perfect. So we're off to a good start then. So let's kick this right off. Mm. On a fateful day in May 2003, the aviation world was about to witness an inexplicable event. A Ooh, Boeing so this 720. Is fairly recent. Yeah, 2003. Oh. So a Boeing 727, registered tail number N844AA. I've taken a call in it, Nate. So if I say Nate, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Good old Nate. Good old uh, I Nate. Don't, I don't expect good things for Nate this episode, but <laughs> fingers crossed. Yeah. So Nate was about to vanish into thin air off a runway in Miami. But before we get into that, let me give you a little background to help paint the better picture of Nate. Okay. So, Nate was manufactured in 1975 and formerly operated by American Airlines for some 25 years. So, from 1975 to 2000. Wow. So, this this plane is significantly older than us. Significantly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is an old rust bucket. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it had been sitting for a while, too, and I'll talk about that. So, its last owner was reported to be a Miami-based company called Aerospace Sales and Leasing, run by a one Mari Joseph. Remember that name? Mari Joseph. Got it. So, the aircraft had been grounded at Quattro de Feviero Airport, uh, the main airport in Angola, in March 2002. The aircraft I was was literally about to ask, where's Angola? And then I saw a picture of of a map, and I was like, ah. Okay, I see you. I see you, Angola. Southern Africa. Mm -hmm. So, it had been grounded and sitting idle for over a year. So, from March 2002, for over a year, it had been sitting, accruing more than $4 million in unpaid airport fees. Oh! Yeah, four mil. It's not a small number. That is, yeesh. That is four (laughs) with six zeros after it. Yikes. Oh, yeah. So it was in the process of being converted for use at the time by a small airline, now defunct, called IRS Airlines. It's a a company out of Nigeria who was just going to buy the plane and use it so that they can do, like, intercity travel with the aircraft. All right. And they're going to just accrue the $4 million worth of maintenance (laughs) that this thing needs? So I honestly believe that they just wanted to get rid of this thing because it had just been sitting, occupying space. And they were like, okay, yeah, you can have it. But 
The aircraft was described as an unpainted silver in color with a stripe of blue, white, and red. Now, Shy posted a picture of that same aircraft. Mm-hmm. The American and, Airlines um, one, right? Exactly, exactly. So, <clears throat> it was formerly a part of American Airlines, major airline, of course, but all of the passenger seats had been removed. At this time, the aircraft was outfitted to carry diesel fuel. Oh, so they basically converted into a, a, a fuel tanker. Effectively, yeah, a flying fuel tanker. Okay. So you might be asking, how does a 727 passenger plane with $4 million in unpaid fees go from <laughs> Angola to Miami? The air, obviously. Uh, the air, it flew there, of course. It's a plane, Slap. What, how else it's... is it going to get there? <laughs> But why? What, am I an idiot? <laughs> what am I, an idiot? But why? <laughs> what am I, stupid? Why did it get there? So let's uh, get into yeah. why. All right. So there's a gentleman named Keith Irwin. Keith was a South Keith African. Irwin. Yeah, no, Keith Irwin. Different guy. Irwin. All right. No stingrays <clears throat> he, in this episode. No stingrays. He was a South African entrepreneur who was heavily involved in information tech companies and a small airline that offered tourist flights from South Africa to Mozambique. And he had gone to Miami to pick up this aircraft, our very own Nate. Mm -hmm. But he had gone there as part of a joint venture called Cargo Air Transport Systems. And he was set to lease the 727, <clears throat> excuse me, and two flight crews. Now, the two flight crews would consist of a pilot, a first officer, and a flight engineer, and the contract was for a year. Okay. So the contract was to fly and supply fuel to diamond mines in Angola. Ooh, yuck, diamond mines. Don't mm -hmm. love that. Don't love the monopoly on diamond mines and blood diamonds. Hate that. Mm -hmm. Thus feeding some of the theories, which, again, we'll get into. Okay. So in light of this... The aircraft is to be retrofitted with limited seating space to maximize the cargo space, which would allow it to transport even more fuel. Also, so for I, I just had a very dumb realization. There was a part of me that when you said that this thing had been hollowed out and it's going to be filled with diesel, I thought they were just like literally filling the fuselage with the liquid <laughs> and not like crates of or like big oil drums of diesel i was like man how, how are you gonna get a crew in there what's the crew gonna do like swim through it with scuba gear and then i was like oh right it's probably just big oil drums <laughs> so right, a small part right. of you is like it's actually just full of oil and i was like man that's that's a that's a lot of diesel that you hold 727 fuselage full of de that's a, that's a lot of diesel that's anyway. big it's a lot of diesel <laughs> it's a lot of diesel yeah so, for those of you thinking, and maybe you thought about it, it's like, if they're in Angola, why couldn't they just transport fuel from there to the diamond mines in Angola? Why would they have to go to Miami to get this plane to fly the fuel over there if they already had a decent supply over there? Hmm. Well, I'm assuming there's got to be some workaround where, like, you have to leave Angola to be able to, like, get the fuel or something, right? Kind of. The workaround here is due to a civil war. Oh, yeah. So over the road travel <clears throat> in Angola was nearly impossible. So they had to find another way to get the fuel there. So by air it was and by air it was planned to go. OK, that makes sense. Yeah, you probably wouldn't want to be driving through a civil war with diesel. 
with diesel exactly yeah. we'll supply whomever with more fuel to run the whatever, war engines yeah yeah so a single unnamed investor had backed Irwin with some $450,000 for the venture, and it became Irwin's job to manage the flight operations for a plane that, of course, now no longer existed, and his failure lift, left him with uh, plenty of fuel tanks, but no airplane, not to mention the rest of the crew that, that had been hired and assembled in Miami at the time. But we're not here to talk about poor financial decisions. <laughs> <laughs> no there's no no poor financial decisions here with this four billion dollar sinkhole exactly so on to the meat on may 25th 2003 shortly before sunset two individuals a one ben charles padilla and john michael mutantu boarded the aircraft and they'd been working to restore the 727 of flight ready status which was a daunting task for an aircraft that ordinarily requires a trained crew of at least three. Now, if yeah. you remember before, I talked about they need a pilot, a first officer, and an engineer. Ben Padilla, at least, yeah. at least Ben Padilla was going to be the first officer. John Mutantu <clears throat> was going to be the engineer on board. Okay. Now, Ben Padilla was a pilot. And a flight engineer from the U.S. and his partner in repairing the aircraft was John Michael Mutantu, who was effectively just a hired mechanic from the Republic of Congo. All right. Neither of them, neither of them were certified to fly an aircraft of this size. Oh, at least, that's never good. Yep. At least not without a third well-trained pilot. Because as I brought up before, Ben had a private license and he could fly. Sure. He might have been able to figure it out, but safety is another issue when you're dealing with an aircraft this size. And it's going to be much harder to fly it because it is going to be loaded to the gills with like these big diesel drums. Right. So good luck with that, because uh, yeah, so now your weight is completely off and that completely changes the way this thing is going to fly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So now we have an aircraft that's effectively retrofitted to fly presumably hundreds if not thousands of gallons of fuel with two men on board who are not trained to fly this plane <laughs> what and could possibly go wrong what could possibly go wrong so now the folks at the airport where the 727 was homed and currently being worked on knew that ben and john were on board getting it ready the rest of the crew along with keith irwin were on their way and all they would find when they got there was an empty runway. Oh. The aircraft's departure was strange. So, knowing that there was only two men on board, this is already red flag number one. Now, the plane had started moving. It began taxiing with no communication between the crew and the tower, maneuvering erratically. It took off with its lights off and its transponder not transmitting heading out over the atlantic ocean the 727 and the two men on board have never been seen since oh so that's the last time this 727 was seen as it sort of just erratically weirdly took off with no lights no communication nothing and it just went up into the sky and was never heard from again 
never to be heard or seen again. Huh. Now, for the listeners that don't know, that transponder, you might have heard it be called the black box, which is how a lot of these planes, when they do go missing, if they end up crashing or recovered, you can typically refer to the black box to find out where it went, how it got there, how long it was in the air for, how long it was on the ground for. This little black box is the heart of the plane. It gives you all of the information you could possibly need on an aircraft to determine what happened. Yeah. So it was believed by the U.S. at the time that Ben, who again wasn't certified to fly this plane, was at the controls. And it leaves everybody to question, why? So the disappearance itself raised many questions. Who was flying Nate? Who had driven or what had driven Padilla to take such a desperate chance? Was someone inside the plane? The 727 leased to deliver diesel fuel to diamond mines had the potential to be used as a flying bomb, a concern heightened in the post-9-11 world. Mind you, this is 2003. Mm. 9-11 was 2001. Yes. This thing is full of diesel. That's true. This could be that that could indeed be an absolutely devastating thing that everybody's probably just like on pins and needles and walking on eggshells with because 100 percent. Yeah. Catastrophic. Yeah. So the U.S. government, rightfully so, initiated an investigation Now retired U.S. Marine General Mastin Robeson, commander of U.S. forces in the Horn of Africa at the time that Nate went missing, recalls that several theories were considered, including insurance fraud and a deliberate terrorist attempt. Robeson had said the word of the 27 had, quote, unquote, came up through the intelligence network. Now, speaking as a prior service person myself, when something flags in the system as high priority, everyone in their grandmother that's a part of that unit, battalion, brigade, whatever, needs to know. Because something like this, everyone's scrambling. They're trying to figure it out. What if it is a bomb? What if it right. was a terrorist abduction? What if this thing comes crashing? What are we going to yeah. do? What's our response? Yeah, you need all hands on deck for, like, a very serious potential threat. Exactly. So according to Robeson, U.S. Central Com- uh, Command, CENTCOM, considered moving U.S. fighter aircraft to Djibouti on the Red Sea coast. Robeson continues, It was never clear whether it was stolen for insurance purposes by the owners or whether it was stolen with the intent to make it available to unsavory characters or whether it was a deliberate, concerted terrorist attempt. There was honest speculation of all three. So at this point in time, they they had had no no idea. idea. Zero clue. Did someone steal this to make more money? Because insurance on a plane's got to be steep. Yeah. Right? Now, or did someone else steal it? When you say unsavory characters, we're talking about drug runners. Like, did someone hijack this plane to just use all its cargo space to traffic Mm -hmm. material from point A to point B? Or, simply put, was it just going to be turned into a bomb? So the U.S., at this time, specifically Robeson, is just making these decisions and trying to decide 
what's the end goal here? So all three were very real possibilities. Ooh. How do you even start to like figure out like which one of those it could because like you you don't have anything you just know that the plane is gone it's gone it's, yeah. we we don't have the transponder and essentially you're just making up demons in your own head you're like well it, sure it could be a bomb uh, drug runners could have gotten it uh, there's a civil war going on there and they need the fuel so they could have taken it uh, or. Uh, maybe flight air, but if it was a flight air, it probably would have crashed somewhere. <laughs> that thing would have gone up like a Fourth of July parade. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, exactly. Uh, so exactly. If, if it if it blew up, you know about it. No, you, like, you would see it from outer freaking space. Hundred uh, <laughs> percent. So yeah, it it it, <laughs> it until something happens, you're just you're you, you kind of have to almost be reactive because what else are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, exactly. But that's what makes the next part weird. So speculation that the theft of Nate posed a terrorist threat all of a sudden just ended. No information, no why. It's just it's unclear why they just no longer said, you know what? This 727 potentially full of diesel fuel. Not a problem anymore. Huh? Just and like that. It's just no longer like a terrorist threat. We can we can X that off. No problem. That's off the board. Apparently, courtesy of the National huh. Geospatial Intelligence Agency, the NGIA. Now, the theory sits that maybe they saw signs of a crash in satellite imagery, debris or like an oil slick in the Atlantic, for example. Or evidence that a large aircraft had landed on one of the half dozen unpaved 8,000 foot runways in Congo, north of Angola. Now, this led me to develop my own little theory, because if we remember, Mutantu on the plane was simply a hired mechanic, but he was from Congo. Now, maybe right. this was uh, a line of thought that they had also like entertained at the time, but a whole lot of what if Mutantu was in on it, potentially. Sure. That I mean, especially if you're thinking it might have landed in Congo, it makes sense that the engineer from Congo would maybe do a little something, something, take over the plane, land it in Congo. Hey, guys, look at all look at all the cool stuff I have for you now. And now we have a plane, too, I guess. Although exactly. if it was never seen again. Hmm. That's a big Supposedly. plane. Supposedly. Never. Yeah, because, like, if it lands in Congo and they're like, oh, hey, great, we got all the fuel uh, and now we have a big plane. Like, that's a big plane. If they ever took off with this plane again, you'd know. A hundred. Yeah, exactly. And you can repaint it, as uh, as Shai just said. They could easily disguise this thing if they True. got it to where it needed to be. And then that was that. Yeah. So. The agency spokesperson at the time for the NGIA, Susan Meisner, just straight up would not comment, saying that the NGIA was not the lead agency on the case, which begged the question, why didn't the CIA or the Department of Homeland Security or the FBI say anything? And it came out <clears throat> that they also simply refused to comment as well as there were allegedly national security concerns. Huh. Now... All of that is conflicting to the highest degree because on one line, we have this thing is no longer a threat. But on yeah. the other, it's a national security concern. So yeah, that's which so is weird. 
Because I feel like if it had just landed in Kong when they're like, oh, shoot, the, the mechanic just took it over and they've got the plane now. But, hey, we know it's not a threat. Like, you can just come out and say that. Like, why would you still keep it a secret? Like, them wanting such a high level of secrecy almost makes me, like, like they had something to do with why this plane is missing. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, we see it on the satellite. Hey, let's blow this thing out of the water and just not talk about it ever again. Exactly. And it could and it could have been something like that, too. But we'll never know, because in 2005, the FBI straight up closed the case. Oh. So from 2003 to 2005, the FBI said it's no longer an issue. Potential national security concern, whatever. All that beside Mm -hmm. case closed. We're not worried about it anymore. So what you're saying is we totally had something to do with it, and we'll never know because the case is closed, but we totally had something. The United States totally had something to do with it. There's no way you keep this level of secrecy if you had nothing to do with it. Erring on the side of conspiracy and caution, I would, I, reading all of this and learning about it, I, I can't help but agree that someone somewhere knew something. They oh, chose to keep it to themselves. Why else? Why else would you do that? Yeah, specific- why else for that high level of secrecy? Because if, again, no matter what else happened to it, because a part of me was like, oh, yeah, like there's some one of the Civil War fighters must have gotten a hold of it. They need the fuel. Sure. You know, maybe they hijacked it and then suddenly recolored it. Or even if it did, even if it ends up in Congo or even if it exploded somewhere and they just oh, it exploded, you could. Why not release that? That they want so much. They're like, oh, it's not a threat anymore. Don't worry about it. But we're not going to tell you why it's not a threat anymore. Because yeah, why not? Didn't, yeah, it, unless you literally shot this thing out of the air with a United States citizen as the pilot. Mm, and you're touching on the key issue there. Ben Padilla, the pilot, presumably, of course was missing he's an american citizen the guy was a pilot out of florida like mm-hmm. he was a u.s resident and he just happened to be a member of the crew and all fingers pointed to ben being the only pilot on board he's obviously had to be the only one to fly the plane yep so when we look back at it and we look at all the key players from like with everything with the 727 from 2002 to 2005, we had Keith Irwin. Mm-hmm. We had the aircraft's owner, Maury Joseph, the entire hired crew, General Robeson and Suzanne Meyer, John Mutantu, and of course, our very own Ben Padilla. Yep. So wasn't there an unnamed investor too that is just yes. was just out there? And that could have been literally anybody. I mean, for all we know, uh, the <laughs> the investor was like a, you know, a plant. I've got a weird part of my brain that says uh, someone who stands to gain from the aircraft either being destroyed or missing could have been the investor because these aircrafts are way more than that 450,000 that was effectively put into it. Yeah, that's the other weird part is like this thing is that's like a $4 million plane is like, oh, yeah, I'll invest half a million into it. And then it mysteriously goes. Poof. Just gone. 
it's gone. Yeah. It's no worry. And like so, you said, the insurance on one of these things has got to be steep. Had to be. So with Ben missing, he has... So Ben's got a brother, Joseph, and his sister, Benita Padilla Kirkland, who in the years that followed would poke and prod at the powers that be to continue the search for her brother as new quote-unquote evidence surfaced. She mm-hmm. fully suspected through and through that the FBI knew more than they were letting on, perhaps still to this day. Oh, there's. I, I hope nothing bad happens to the sister, too, because usually when you go poke in the bear like that, it doesn't stay sleeping. Mm-hmm. So in 2004, this is before the case had officially been closed in 2005 by the FBI, um, she had told the South Florida Sun Sentinel, a newspaper based out of Deerfield, that her fear was that Ben had been flying around in this aircraft it crashed and was subsequently being held against his will somewhere in Africa. Ooh, also very possible. Mm-hmm. So Maury Joseph, you remember, was the aerospace sales and leasing president, seemed to share that theory. But keep in mind that Joseph, and I left this out on purpose, had a history of accounting fraud and seemed to think that the plane's disappearance was just a result of a business feud or a scam. Now, to me, now I want to hear your thoughts on it too, but to me, it sounds like no direct fingers pointed here, but he might have had something to do with it because as the owner of the plane, if you have insurance on this thing and you let somebody take it following a contract, it is out of your hands for the duration of the contract. So if anything happens to this plane, the owner who holds the contract would stand to gain. Now you're telling me someone put down $450,000 on a plane that had $4 million in unpaid airport fees, all of a sudden goes missing with hundreds of gallons of diesel fuel and a U.S. citizen on board with a native to Africa, John Mutantu, just gone. You don't get anything out of that? Yeah, I mean, usually with this kind of stuff, you look at, like, you look to who has the most to gain, and, yeah, the owner of the plane, the one, the the unnamed investor, does stand to gain the most uh, from this very, very shady uh, scenario on this literal sort of rust bucket of a plane, too, uh, suddenly probably turns into a multi-million dollar uh, insurance claim. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with you now. There, there are many different roads this could go down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so Shy says, <laughs> what if the FBI, CIA used the plane to smuggle secret U.S. assets from the country, discreetly landed on black sites somewhere in another African country, unloaded cargo, and then destroyed the aircraft and disposed of the crew. Owner could have been a Fed agent. And that's also entirely possible because... It is. It's an unnamed investor. It, he, it, it could have been literally anyone. It, it, certainly, it certainly could have been a Fed, sure. A hundred percent. If what I because you have to employ some roundabout reasoning here as well, because things like the Cold War 
really taught us that a lot can happen behind the scenes while the citizens of yeah. all involved countries are none the wiser. Clueless. Totally clueless, yeah. Totally clueless. And the range that this plane had, we know oh it took out God. over That's the like Atlantic. all of South Africa almost. Exactly. That There's a lot of ground to cover if you were to comb all of this. And I don't know if you know this, but the U.S., realistically doesn't have the resources to comb through every blade of grass or grain of sand in Africa to find this thing, but it literally could have gone anywhere. So in my opinion, every theory is valid. Like this thing could have just disappeared. It could have landed. It could have been used to smuggle assets. It could have been used to just hide things here, there, everywhere. It could have been anything. And then disposed of like it was nothing. You know what else? Uh, usually with plane crashes and disappearances, right? If if this uh, 727 for some reason crashed in the water, you're never going to find it. Oh, never. Like never. If that thing, if that thing crashes in the water and it sinks, you will never find the ocean is so vast and so deep Unless it was like near the coast in shallow water, you're never going to find that thing. The currents yeah. are going to sweep the debris away. It's, I mean, you would hope that if the diesel was on it, you could see, like you said, like the little oil spill. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it landed, all of the stuff was taken off and then it took off again and then you never yeah, find it, it. And it's just gone. And then that's the that's the bit of it. The fate of Nate tail number N A four four A A remains a mystery all of the numerous theories and sightings reported over the years no definitive answers the disappearance is still a baffling enigma that just simply may never be solved oh man so the great i don't want to say great thing but the the this is such a great one because like it's just going to make your mind spin in all kinds of circles because there's no definitive here's what happened to it only that oh the government closed the case like it like we said it could be anything any of these theories could roll out to be what actually happened like there are so many uh, it's it is perplexing and just makes you just go on a theory crafting uh mindscape is crazy Mm -hmm. exactly and that's kind of like where my brain goes with it too because and like with when it comes to aviation, <clears throat> we're talking planes disappearing all the way as far back as like Amelia Earhart. When planes mm. just disappear, it, it, uh, everyone involved is how 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 does a plane just just disappear? disappear it's just gone. Yeah. So it's just like one of those mystifying things. Like if you're involved in aviation, when a plane goes missing, it's all hands on deck. Everyone's trying to figure out why wh- where the hell did it go. Yeah, so these, these things don't just vanish into thin air. And they don't. They absolutely don't. And it, and it begs that question, too, because, like, now this missing aircraft lingers in the realms of aviation history where there are dozens of other stories just unsolved. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it, could, it could be anything. That, that plane could be anywhere. I mean, even if it didn't crash in the water, like it, 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 mm. um, 
So Shai says, well, it's true, DK, that planes missing in the ocean are almost impossible to find, but parts of lost planes are often found due to ocean currents consistently moving them to predictable places. Even with the most mysterious plane disappearance of MH370, they have found parts of the plane on remote islands. With this one, there is nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like, zero. Yeah. Zero. Like, I've I not have finding combed. any debris is kind of crazy, which could lead to the fact that the plane was never destroyed. Maybe, like you said, they repainted it, disguised it, and it was just a, a Congo transport plane from yep. then on. Yep, this thing could have been parted out, repainted, yeah. repurposed, blown up in the Congo, and no one would think none the wiser because there's a civil war going on. Of course, things are going to blow up. It's the sure. perfect cover yeah. for something like that to just go missing. All the diesel fuel on board, the JP-8 uh, jet fuel that goes for the plane itself. Like, there's just so many different applications and circles your mind could run in and apply oh, yeah. to the situation to think, what the hell happened? What the hell happened? So I'm reading all of this. I'm trying to figure it out myself, and I'm just, like, developing all these theories. Like, dude, what if there was, I was a dude say, on board? If, <laughs> like, if yeah, you're a conspiracy dude. theory nut, this is going to keep you up at night. 100%. Because there's I just... There. There's just no answer, and it's like, but I want there to be an answer, but there's got to be, like, one little piece of information that I haven't thought of. Even me, I'm just like, wait, maybe maybe, maybe one of the pilots, maybe a secret agenda, maybe FBI, maybe it crashed, maybe it didn't, maybe maybe they uh, uh, disassembled it and used the airplane parts <laughs> for, for some secret Civil War stuff, or, like, I, I don't know, to armor a bunker or something. I don't know, but, yeah, it is, it is, a, it is a head-churner. It's wild. Like, I personally subscribe to the theory that there was someone on board the plane that mm. neither of them knew was there. Because if the plane is being retrofitted, it's, it's being changed. Oh, yeah. There's Things are being moved. There could have been someone hiding on that plane when John and Ben went on to get it ready, as it were, for the crew to arrive later. And... Yeah was an unsavory character and said, you know what, Ben, fly my damn plane. And Ben yeah. being a small, a private pilot, what's he going to do? Say no to a guy that potentially has him at gunpoint. No, we're going to take off. <laughs> yeah. I could, I could 100% subscribe to the fact that there was an unsavory character hiding amongst uh, the diesel and just sort of, uh, well, I'm the captain now. Yep. Sure. He, he fill up the situation. He said, no, nope, yeah. I'm out. Sure. So what'd you think? Oh man, that was that was great. Never heard of it. And and now I am probably gonna be up all night thinking about it. So thank you for that. You're welcome, dude. You're so welcome. <laughs> Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. You're gonna be where I am. Like I yeah. where I was. I'm yeah. reading this. I was talking to everybody about it. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> this is this is insane. I was the only one disappear? that didn't I was the only one that didn't know about the topic of this episode. Slap talk to everybody else about, hey, 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 listen to this theory I have. Hey, 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 hey. Anybody that would listen, Slap's like, hey, 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 theory, angle. Damn right. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. You are damn right. All right. So uh, with that out of the way, um, great episode, uh, Slap, great broadcast. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I have been DK Diamantes. He has been slapped. Shy has been behind the scenes. And we will catch you on the next broadcast of Unidentified Signal 99.9 .9 FM out of Augury Point, 
New Mexico. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you.